Hello everyone, this is Jonathan here on Car Talk Inside the Mind of a Mechanic. It's been a few days, sorry for that, but here we go. We take off and we are running. When is the last time or how often do you even check your oil, your fluids on your vehicle? Let me guess, not often I see because I see this all the time at work. How should you check and how often should you check your oil? That it all really depends. Do you have a newer vehicle or do you have an older vehicle? Is your car leaking oil somewhere? That's all the, the little questions you're going to have to ask yourself to see how often you should check your car. If you got anything older than 5, 10 year old car, you should check your oil once or every two weeks. And that is the oil, I mean, because usually those vehicles tend to have some type of leak in some system, either power steering, oil, transmission, coolant. Always keep it checked. Always check it. Now, as far as the oil, like I said, once a week is pretty good. If your car is five to ten years old, if you're five and newer, once every two, three weeks, honestly, because you tend not to have leaks on a newer vehicle. But for my older vehicles, check that oil. That is very important. You will save a lot of time and money and headaches. Headaches, pretty much headaches. You don't want to run a car with low oil. You'll get ticking. You'll wear out your engine. And you could even seize it depending on how low you go. And you will be spending on a new motor. <clears throat> More than likely, trashing that car. Because you're not going to want to pay three, four grand for a new motor or a used motor. That's just what you have to do. Check that oil. Check that oil. Now, how do you check that oil? Every car is going to have a dipstick on it. Some cars, the dipstick is black, but most of them now are yellow. The little handle is yellow and it'll say engine. Pull that all the way to the bottom. You'll see it full of oil. Never go off of the first pull. Clean it. Grab a wipey, a rag, whatever it is you got in your hand. Clean it. Reinsert it again. Pull it out slow. Keep it tilted downward and look for it. There's going to be two marks on there. There's going to be two little holes. One at the bottom and one further up. And in between those two holes, there will be a long box cross hatched where it says safe. If your oil marks anywhere in between that crosshatch box, you are okay. If the oil is below that box towards the bottom hole, then you are low. And if you are low, always start off by adding half a quart. Add half a quart to start. Once it goes into the crosshatch or it goes into that second little hole on that dipstick, you are solid. Leave it alone and you are good to go. That's how you check your oil. And please don't check it while it's running. It will always show high. Don't check it when it's super hot because you will burn yourself. Unless you know what you're doing, then you could do it when it's hot. But remember, don't do it when it's running. Now, how often do you check your coolant? Your coolant, you could go a little longer because, I mean, generally you don't use that cooling up unless you have a leak but every two three weeks every two three weeks always keep an eye on your gauge 
check your reservoir. Is it topped off? Is it at the line where it says full or is it at the line where it says add? Now, you will figure out which can that is because it's usually kind of see-through and you can see a color. It either depends on the vehicle. <clears throat> you got the orange coolant, the red coolant, the pink coolant, the blue coolant. You just have to take a peek and see what color your coolant is and buy the correct fluid for your vehicle. Check it. That's very important. You don't want to overheat and buy a motor. Remember, check the coolant. Now, if you want to check it at the radiator, if your radiator has a cap on it, please do not check it after you took it for a long drive. Don't check if you went to the store. Don't check it if you went down the street because the car will be hot and that will blow up in your face. And you are going to have some free tattoos on your face and they're not going to be nice. It's going to be burn marks. So what do we do? Don't check it when it's hot. Always check your coolant. I say always check your coolant right before you're going to go to work. Pop that hood open. Check your oil. Check the coolant. You could remove that cap because it's going to be cold. The motor's going to be cold. When you take that cap off, it will tell you exactly where you are at. If it's not even at the neck where the cap is on, then you're very low. You're welcome to add a little bit of water or a little bit of coolant. But check it when it's cold. If you took it for a ride and you feel like your coolant is a little low, wait 10 to 15 minutes for the engine to cool off and then slowly twist that cap. Slowly twist it off and then tighten it back up. Release a little bit of pressure and then slowly take it off. If you feel it bubbling up or it's too hot, leave it alone. Walk away. Go do something else. Check something else out and then come back to that and check that coolant. Coolant is very important. Remember, coolant check only when it's cold. I learned the hard way when I was first starting. I accidentally checked the coolant while we went for a ride test, drove the car. I came back out. Now, keep in mind, I was a beginner. I mean, I'm still a beginner. I mean, you know what I mean? I just started last week. But I did the mistake of checking it out while it was boiling hot. And it, as soon as I twisted that cap off, that cap went flying and the coolant shot everywhere. And let me tell you, that coolant is sweet, but it will shut down your organs if you accidentally drink that. I almost burned my face off. It was hot. And then the mess that you have to clean is horrible. So don't check it while it's hot. What are we going to do, guys? Not check that while it's hot. I would also like to remind you how often you should do your filters. Filters, I mean, there's different kinds of filters. We got your cabin air filters, you got your engine filters, then you have your oil filters. Now, your oil filters should be covered under every time you do an oil change because every time you do an oil change, you should be doing your oil filter or the shop or the person that's doing your oil should always do your oil filter that one will be covered under your oil changes but air filters how often should you do your air filters now me what i like to do in my general household i like to do my air filter every three oil changes 
But a lot of people are different. A lot of people see it as soon as it starts looking dirty. They swap out an oil of an air filter because they're cheap. They're regularly cheap. They're not that expensive unless you're going with that expensive brand. Then they tend to be a little bit cheaper. And it all depends on the vehicle. But most air filters are pretty cheap. Like I said, I like to do mine every three oil changes. Um, regardless of how it looks, it could be super clean, but I'll still swap it out. A lot of people like to hold it up into the air. If you could still see the light coming in through the filter, people think it's good. I like to go by the mileage and by the use. But like I said, you could hold it up to the air. If you see any light going through the filter itself, then it's typically still good. Um, and it's going to be up to you, like I said, up to you what you want to do with that air filter. But always replace it. Tend to replace it more often than not. I've seen people not ever once replace an air filter. And there's been actually one one case that I can remember that the car would not start because that air filter was so plugged. It was literally black. Black. It was so sticky that anything that touched that black dirt was stuck on there. It picked up a bag, stuck the bag, and it will it was choking that motor out. It would not it would fire, fire up, and automatically stumble because it was so 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 dirty that it even picked up a dirty bag. Now you don't want to get to that point. So check and do your filters as often as possible. Now, the other filter you should be changing that people always neglect that they don't even know they have is a cabin air filter. A cabin air filter is for inside the cabin, inside the car. Usually, it is behind the glove box. Some vehicles have it right underneath the windshield in the engine compartment. But do those. Those are the ones that'll give you that nasty smell. Some people come in complaining that, oh, my AC smells nasty. It smells dirty, moist, like mold. Then I ask, when's the last time you did a cabin air filter? Well, what is that? It's the filter for the air you breathe inside the car. Oh, I didn't even know you had one. A lot of people don't know that you guys have a cabin air filter. Like I said, they get really, really dirty. They stink up the car. And it's bad for your breathing. Do those at least every two oil changes, if not every oil change or every 4,000 miles. Because like I said, people tend to forget they have cabin air filters. Now, those are pretty simple, cheap, and easy to do. They're 90% of them are underneath the glove box. You could pull down the glove box. There's two tabs that you squeeze in, pull the glove box all the way out. There's going to be a little access, a little cut out door where you could just pull, and it says cabin air filter on it. You pull that out, you'll be able to just stick your fingers in and pull that cabin air filter. It's a really small filter that's usually in between $7 to $15 that you pull out, put back in, close it up, and enjoy your fresh air. Because a lot of people tend to run... Those air fresheners that cycle through the AC builds up that nasty smell. And then what do you do? You're like, where, where is this smell coming from? Where? 
and you keep adding filters and you keep adding all these air fresheners and this the, that smell just gets worse remember cabin air filters very important five to fifteen dollars something you could change in about five to eight minutes it's literally that easy pull the glove box down squeeze the two tabs on the on the corners of each side pull that little door slide that filter insert your new one and you are ready to rock and roll what else should you check while you're under the hood? What else can you check while you are checking your coolant? Remember, the coolant only when it's cold. So if you drive it, what should you check? What is it safe to check while you're waiting for that? Brake fluid. Check out the brake fluid. Now, brake fluid should never be topped off, but always check your fluid. If your fluid level it's below where it specifies is typically it means hey i either have one or two things my brake pads are going low and it's time to get my brake inspected and see what's going on or i have a leak that's why you check your brake fluid and there's also a light inside your car on your dash where it says brake it either activates when you put the e-brake or a lot of people don't know this. It's supposed to turn on when that brake fluid gets to a point right before you start hitting metal to metal. That's pretty much telling you, hey, your brakes are going low. Check these out before you cause damage to your brake pads and your rotors. Now, brake pads wear out. There's a certain limit to where they wear out and then they'll be metal to metal. Then the price doubles. Brake fluid, never top it off because once it's getting low, it's indicating and it's telling you, hey, your brakes are wearing out. The light's going to turn on when you should come in and check your brakes. A lot of people say, oh, shit, my brake fluid is low. Let's add a little bit of brake fluid. So they'll top it off. They'll always keep it top it off. Oh, it's going low. I'm going to top it off a little bit more. Next thing you know, they're driving and all you hear is grinding. It feels like something's going on, like you caught a rock or you're just metal on metal. What's going on? They bring it in. They're like, hey, my brakes are grinding. I don't know what's going on. When's the last time you had a brake inspection? Oh, I haven't had a brake inspection in a very long time. Did the brake light come on? Nah. Have you been topping off your fluid? Oh, yeah, I've been topping off my fluid periodically. That's the number one mistake. If you wouldn't have topped off that fluid... The light would have kicked on and you would have been like, wait, something's going on with my brakes. I better go check these out. You would have came with me, done a full brake inspection. You would have found out, OK, my front brakes are getting a little low. They're about two thirty seconds. I, I should replace these before they go metal on metal. Now, when you do brakes, what are you supposed to do? Do new brake, brake pads, take off your rotors and have them resurfaced and save your rotors a lot of people skip it a lot of people forget it and a lot of people top off that brake fluid when you top that brake fluid off you're more than likely going to have to replace your rotors because you will be riding metal on metal now what are the symptoms that you need brakes there one of them's right there the, the little light where it says check your brakes the other one is the other one we just talked about where it feels like it's metal on metal there's another one squeaking. When you apply that brake, all you hear is a squeak, squeak, or a light ee. 
just really depends on what it is. When you apply that brake, if you get a little squeak or a little noise, hey, something's going on. Either my brake pads are really, really dirty. I'm going on metal to metal or they're really, really low. They're also designed with a wear indicator. So when you apply those brakes, that little piece of metal on the side of the brake pad will touch the rotor to let you know, hey, check your brakes. That still gives you enough time for you to check your brakes. Now, what to do when you need brakes? You either take it to a reputable shop, somebody who has good warranty, and somewhere where you feel comfortable enough for them to touch your brake system. Now, for my do-it-yourself type of guys, totally fine. You'll save a couple bucks, but do it right. Don't go cheap and buy the organic pads. Don't buy the organic pads. Get yourself some ceramics, some OE style brake pads. They're going to run you about $28 to $44. Why buy $12 to $15 organic pads when you're going to run through them like crazy? Ceramics, that's what I recommend. That's what we do at my shop. Ceramics, standard all the time they last longer they're oe quality and you will be safer do it right fellas for the do-it-yourself guys remember when you do brake pads don't forget to lubricate the corners check your caliper for any leaks make sure your sliders are lubricated when you put your brake pads on another thing do not forget to resurface those rotors a lot of people don't do it they're just i'm gonna slap some pads on i'll be done in about 15 minutes and i'm ready to rock and roll but yeah that's when you'll start getting the squeak the pulsation the noise why are my brake pads squeaking like crazy why am i running through them like crazy why is my car car vibrating when i apply the brake pedal why because you skipped out on one of the important pieces to do when you do your own brakes. Resurface your rotors. Nobody likes to do it. For what? My rotors are still good. There isn't any damage. They're not scratched. Why do I have to resurface my rotors? Because when you resurface your rotors, you give them a new flat surface. You make sure there's no imperfections. You make sure they're not distorted. You make sure you will not have any vibration when you apply that pedal. They don't squeak. Your brake pads last longer. But like I said, a lot of people don't want to do it because it's an extra 15, 20 minutes for them to take off that carrier and slide off those rotors. Or because they have wheel bearings and you people do not like to take apart wheel bearings. Do it right. It's only a couple more minutes. It will run you about $15 per rotor if you take it into your local parts store. That be O'Reilly's or AutoZone. Or take your rotor and take it into a shop. Say, hey, can you please resurface these rotors for me? What are they going to do? Yeah, for sure. We'll mic them out. Make sure they're still within specs. We will put them on our brake lathe. Give it a fresh new cut. Guaranteed, when you put those rotors back on with some new ceramic pads, if you lubricate everything, you will have no noise, no pulsation, 
and you will have a great feeling pedal when you apply those brakes. But if you don't, then you'll have squeaks. You'll have vibration, pulsing. You'll feel like your tires are falling off. When you go in high speed, 60 to 70, and you hit that brake pedal, you'll feel that steering wheel shake, and your pedal will go up and down. That's when you know, man, I should have listened to car talk. I should have resurfaced my rotors. What are you going to have to do now? Take off those rotors, take it to the machine shop, or have them replaced. If I were me, if I were you, and that already happened, I will warranty those brake pads out and start over. Or take it to somebody who knows what they're doing. Take it into a brake master's. Take it into your local mechanic. Say, hey, can you please make sure you resurface my rotors? Do not ask for that pad slap, for that $70, $80 pad slap. You will pay a little more in between $175 to $220 to have those brake pads replaced, lubricated, and resurfaced. But it will save you money in the long run. And that's what we are here for, to save money and do it right the first time. What are we going to do? resurface those rudders what type of pads ceramic stay away from that organic sometimes the auto parts have great deals when you buy your brake pads you could get the rotors on discount sometimes you could get a promotion going on where you could buy both of the brake pads and two rotors for under 120 dollars that is very cheap if you're handy and you got tools knock them out you can knock out pads and rotors Within 45 minutes, if you know what you're doing. Over an hour, if you don't. But hey, try it out. There's nothing wrong with you trying to do your own brake pads. But make sure every bolt you take off is tight. Especially the carrier bolts. Add a little bit of anti-seize. That way you don't fuck them up. Now let's go into our final topic for today, tires. How often should you check your tires? How often should you check your tire pressure? It all depends again on how often you drive, how far you drive. I typically check my air pressure every two to three weeks. Rotate them every oil change. Check them and inspect them to see if they're wearing out correctly. A lot of people forget to do that. Check that tire pressure. Typically, it is safe to run a tire in between 32 pounds to about 35, 36 pounds per tire. Or you could always check inside your door jam. There will be a sticker. It will tell you how much pressure you should run in your specific tire for your specific model and year. Or on the side of the, the tire, it'll tell you max pressure, 10 not to put it up to that max pressure. If it says 40, keep it at 36, 37. But always check your tire pressure. Tire pressure has a lot to do with gas mileage. If your car pulls to one side because, say, the left front tire is a little lower than the right front tire, then you'll let go of the steering wheel a little bit and then it'll drift to the side. That could be a tire issue. Tire wear. You could wear out your tires even faster if you forget to check your tire pressure because they could be at 25 pounds 
and that's pretty low. You could be wearing those brand new tires out pretty quick and you can be replacing tires more often. And let me tell you one thing, tires are not cheap. Tires are expensive. You go to a tire place, you'll be paying in between 80 to 140 to even $175 per tire, just depending on what type of vehicle and what type of tire you have. So always check your tire pressure. Always carry a little gauge. You can go get the gauge at, at the auto parts, at the Dollar Tree. Remember, in between 32 to 35 pounds per tire is what you should run, which is safe, which is good. But always check your handbook. Always check inside your door jam. It'll tell you how much tire pressure you should run on your specific vehicle. But check that tire pressure. And check the wear. Wear is an indicator of different issues coming up. You could have outer wear. You could have inner wear. You could have center wear. Outer or inner wear could be a tire, uh, uh, an alignment issue. Your toe problem, your camber problem. If you see it wearing out from the inside or the outside, you know what? Maybe it is time for me to get an alignment. Have my tires rotated and check my alignment. That's usually what it is, an alignment issue. If your tires are wearing out straight in the center, then you have your tires too inflated. They're overinflated. You're probably over 40 to 50 pounds PSI. A lot of people also like to run heavy air in their tires. But let me tell you one thing. You'll feel everything on that road if you overinflate your tires. And you will wear out your tires in the center. So always remember in between 32 to 35 PSI for your tires. Check them every two, three weeks or check them every oil change. Have your technician. It's, it's by law, they're supposed to check your tire pressure. But just remind them, hey, can you check my tire pressure? Can you rotate my tires? Can you see how they're wearing when I need an alignment? Or you verify that yourself. Or you could always run your hands over and around the tire. If you feel anything bumpy, chucked, you know, cupped, anything like that, it could also be an indication that my struts are going bad. That my Your struts are your shocks or would keep your tire planted to the ground. If your struts or shocks are weak, you will have uneven wear on the tire. And that's an indication I got to replace my struts. But it all starts with tire pressure. Because if you wear those tires out, you will be replacing them sooner than you should. And they are expensive. Also, have them balanced and rotated. Because a lot of people forget to rotate and balance, especially balance, then you'll get vibration, a tire vibration. At speeds over 55, you'll start feeling your steering wheel shake, your car shake. That's usually a tire vibration because they're out of balance. If you feel that when you're going about 55, 60, your car's a little vibrating, your, your steering wheel is shaking a little bit, it's time to get those tires balanced and rotated. Most people forget the vibration at high speeds is due to tires. Also, you could have tire hopping vibration at low speeds from a separated tire. 
then you could be driving in between 5 to 10 miles per hour doing the lean like a cholo on your driving. That hop, that wobble, that side to side, elbows up because your tire is separated. They could be for a lot of things like a rotation, a bad tire. You'll have a little ball on the tire on top of it that will give you a slight hop or vibration as you speed up check that you could check that by running your hands over the tire always check your tires so vibrations at very very low speed could be a separated tire vibration at a very high speed in between 50 to 60 it's a tire balance two different things tire pressure in between 35 to 32 psi have it checked every time you get a chance also the new vehicles are equipped with tire pressure monitors it will give you a little light of a little tire that tells you check your tire pressure or you could have the really fancy ones where it tells you this tire is at this psi fill it up usually the light will turn on when they are about three to four pounds apart from the rest of them i think they light up right around 30 pounds the light will tell you, check tire pressure, check tire pressure. And like I said, if you have the really good kind, it'll give you all four corners and tell you exactly how much pressure is in each tire. And then you could go to a local store, tire shop, have them fill up your air, put them all even, and you are ready to go. So that is all. That is it. I hope you enjoyed and you like this information. Tomorrow, I will be back with some more information on car talk inside the mind of a mechanic. You guys have a wonderful day and I will see you on the next episode.